Brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Savers, unless someone real wants to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Mr. Liner. Mr. Liner, it's good to meet you. I'm a, your co-host, Chance. <laughs> Chance. We've met like 20 times. I mean, I'm just so befuddled when people remember me. <laughs> or you don't make much of an impression? Because you do. Oh, good. Well, that was our impression of... A delightful character we'll be talking about soon. How are you, Cameron? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm good. I caught you off guard with my Leonard Spinelli impression. And then asking me how I am? (laughs) What? It's just like flipping it entirely. Yeah, I did a lot of yard work today, so I'm pretty tired. Oh, yard work. We have a massive stump in our back flower bed that I've been trying to get out of there. So I've been like digging and hacking away at it. You know, I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, and I've learned that if you eat fruit, you can pretty much dig hmm. up an entire tree. That's something I've not tried yet. So maybe I'll give that fruit power a try. That's uh, good thinking. Well, welcome to Boy Meets World <laughs> Fever, where we talk about everything but Boy Meets World. This uh, is the second week in a row of talking about Animal Crossing. The second week in a row of talking about Animal Crossing, which you wouldn't know because you haven't heard our last week's episode, because this is the first time I have been in the same room with Cameron in like two months. It's been so long. Uh, if you're listening to this, hopefully you listened to last week's episode, um, which is coming out a week late. We are sorry for that. We're also sorry just for like the quality and the content. We weren't in the same room. It was a way different dynamic than we thought it was going to be way harder to like play off each other and my audio just kind of takes a nosedive halfway through and I'm not even sure why you know it's just I, I don't even know what I was gonna say it is it just is yeah um we're still gonna release it um maybe it'll be our dark episode um it was just hard to play off of each other uh at a distance uh but here we are in the same room again and it's a delight it is I do have to say, thinking back on our last episode, which listeners will have heard by now, is we forgot to do the timeline for the class pre-union. Ooh, did we? We we did. We did not say any of the things from it. And also, I don't have those notes on me, so we're going to need to go to your notes for class pre-union. Okay. Um, There isn't actually as much in the timeline as you would think for class pre-union. The only thing I've really gotten written down is they are officially the class of 2000, Um, and Sean has an uncle and a dad who are fat those are the only family <laughs> relations we get um the start of the minkus topanga crush which i'm not even sure is worthy of the timeline mm-hmm. oh actually there is one more important thing uh sean's dad is a tire salesman mm-hmm. which will actually be oddly prescient for today oddly um but yeah i think that's all that there is for that there isn't the timeline will become a much more integral part of the show uh-huh. in later seasons right now it's all just kind mm. of the building uh-huh. we're getting our first sort of levels taken from which things are going to start to get out of control. Yes, absolutely. I I have a feeling that by the end of the show, no timeline note we took in this season will go unchallenged. Contested, yes. But that's that's the fun. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what we're, what we're ready to get into. So, and I am so ready to make sense of it. Uh <laughs> yeah, the timeline is definitely something we're a part we're excited for and we hope you guys are too we really hope you're following along uh you probably don't have notebooks full of timeline notes like we do but uh if you google bg world timeline on uh on twitter i don't know how the internet works apparently it's gonna be fine (laughs) if you look up hashtag bg world timeline uh you can see all our timeline notes and feel free to add some of your own um we'll be making the official timeline judgments Mm -hmm. but uh, we do want to see what you guys have to say about it. Um, no future knowledge taken into account as you're filling out the timeline. Yes, we are super serious about this. Probably the most serious of anything that we're doing here. Well, it's got to be done. Uh-huh. We so, have to make sense of it all. Somebody has 
this to do it. It's a thankless job. It, that somebody's got to do it. It is a very thankless job. But but thank you. Today Cheers. we're going through uh, episode 110, uh, Santa's Little Helper, the Christmas episode. That'll be interesting. And 111, the father-son game, uh, written by Bill Lawrence. I just tweeted Bill Lawrence asking if he knew... Uh, remembers writing this episode he's probably he, not gonna get back to us he has not replied bill if you're out there listening just say hey yeah just a uh, fan of your work yeah scrubs is one of my favorite shows of all time bill lawrence writer of father son game we'll get to it uh but first we got episode 110 santa's little helper cameron why don't you give us a synopsis all right so christmas is in the air everything is decorated it's all looking good they're reading the christmas carol in class and they're just really feeling the season and Corey and sean are both excited for getting their christmas presents but turns out Sean's father's been laid off from his job. And so Corey feels bad about it, decides to give Sean one of his presents, kind of makes a big deal out of it. And Sean doesn't respond very well to receiving that gift. And so everything kind of plays out from there. But I'd say that is the initial summary of Santa's Little Helper. Yeah. Also, yeah. Morgan kills Santa Claus. Yeah. Morgan straight up murders a guy <laughs> in cold blood. Um, no, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah. So, Cameron, what did you think of this episode? Um, first, first thoughts. First thoughts. It was a little much in terms of its uh, messaging that it's trying to get across. Um, I feel like both this and the next episode, Father Son Game, both kind of have, have like they're trying a little too hard on the moral that they're trying to get across, and it just feels kind of flat. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree. Um, something the listeners don't know, but Cameron definitely knows. I am not a Christmas person. Not really I do a not, holiday person. Not well, yes, yeah, not a holiday person at all. Um, but Christmas especially, um, I try to pretend it's not happening. It's just not my favorite time of year. So... A real Grinch. No. Major character of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, according, according to Corey and Sean. <laughs> yes, according to Corey and Sean, uh, The Christmas Carol is not over until there's a Grinch. Yeah. No, Chance is not a Grinch. He doesn't bemoan anyone else celebrating the holiday of any sort. He's just not a big fan himself. Yeah, so... Um, spoiler warning, I have trouble relating to the major conflicts of both of these episodes pretty <laughs> intensely. <laughs> Oh, well, this is just going to make it so much fun. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of the emotional heavy lifting, which, which is pretty typical of our relationship. That's so. pretty par for the course for us, actually. Um, so they start off in the classroom, and they are going over a Christmas carol, which I feel like is pretty typical of that time. But then Feeney asking Corey to provide literary analysis of the themes of a Christmas carol seems a little advanced for sixth grade. Um, you talk some about theme and like main ideas and things like that before you get to sixth grade. So we're not talking like, give me a full-fledged book review, but they've by sixth grade, you've probably done the book report or learned to talk about those things in a book. Theme is typically a more difficult task than say like what's the give me the plot or a summary or those things but you still have talked some about theme okay okay see i feel like well we were just talking about it before the mics turned on but i feel like theme can be difficult even for like an adult mm -hmm. i mean it's true i'm not saying it's easy but it's something that probably would have been covered clearly not as well as it should judging <laughs> even by the fact that adults don't get it but yeah maybe also it's not the most important thing always yeah definitely i think there's a lot more to theme i mean i think character work i think 
you have to think about overt themes as opposed to subtle themes, all that. Um, we're not a literary analysis podcast, though we are both avid readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. It's probably not that important, but I'm not sure I could tell you what theme of A Christmas Carol is, I guess. Um, be nice to people on Christmas. Generosity. It's not really. I mean, sort of. We're going to get to that. Talking about A Christmas Carol. Have you ever read or seen A Christmas Carol? I think I've seen a Muppet Christmas Carol. Maybe. <laughs> Close enough. It kind of gets it gets the main point across. But I feel like A Christmas Carol doesn't really have that much to do with Christmas. Like, at least the way we think about it. And it's probably like a Charles Dickens writing in whenever it was that he wrote. I don't even remember. Hundreds of years ago. Thousands of years ago at this when point. When the basically. world was new. Yes. Back when the world was new and planet Earth was down on its luck. Cameron has no history of animosity to Charles Dickens. No. Great Expectations is a wonderful, wonderful book. <laughs> I liked but Cameron's face there. Christmas Carol. It doesn't have that much to do with Christmas. It, um, I mean, it, it's based at Christmas, but it's more talking about just general goodwill towards other people. So like Christmas really ties into that. But the whole point is Scrooge is kind of living his life, being very uncharitable, trying to be rich, but is a very unhappy person. And this especially comes out at Christmas when people are generally like, we should be giving to each other and caring for each other. And he's just not doing those things. And so it kind of plays out. But it's more just about the spirit of charity in general and of giving just the things you have and sharing the things you have more than it is like this vague idea of whatever Christmas spirit is. Okay. Okay. Well, I like that a little better because I have thoughts on the Christmas spirit and all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you provide that insight. If you're like, why hasn't this guy seen the Christmas Carol? Remember, not a Christmas guy. Never have been a Christmas guy. Ask my parents. Even when I was a kid, no, no real interest in the holiday. I guess he's more, he's a Muppets guy at least, but who isn't? You know, I think I have seen more Christmas stuff with a girl that I like <laughs> than I have ever tried to pursue on my own. That's why I saw the first Claymation Rudolph, because there was a girl I liked in high school. That's not a right movie. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what happened in it. Well, I mean, I know the song. There's an elf that wants to be a dentist. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Is there a Sasquatch? Uh-huh. Is that a thing? Abominable snow monster. Oh, I guess that's a Yeti. Yeah, I'm, I mean, they are in the North Pole, so... Okay, yeah, I got nothing. But enough about that. But they're reading The Christmas Carol. Um, I did notice, it's just weird because Mr. Feeney's reading the book and he's at the very beginning of the book, but then he finishes the book with the, you know, like the tiny Tim, God bless us everyone. And then he closes the book, but he was like in the first 20 pages probably of the book. And it's longer than 20 pages. It's not a super long book, but maybe it was like a, an anthology that he was reading from, but it still just looks really weird that he's like at the beginning of the book and then finishes it. But that's just a, that's just a prop thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Um, yeah, I have nothing to say about that. I <laughs> didn't even notice. Okay, well, let's continue. Topanga is in this episode also. Yeah. And is wonderful again when Mr. Feeney, because Corey is doing his whole shtick. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about <laughs> this like, part. Miss Lawrence trade places with Mr. Matthews. And so she closes her eyes and is like, I am a hyperactive, underachieving 11-year-old boy. <laughs> and then he's like... Uh, physically. Physically. Oh, that takes less of a psychic toll. <laughs> I like I like the use of the term psychic toll. Not less effort. No. It that does takes a less damage. Less of a psychic toll. 
mental effort. Yeah, um, Topanga is wonderful in that scene. Uh, they trade places, but then immediately the bell rings. Uh-huh. Like, immediately. But he was done. Yeah, at least he got through the entire Christmas Carol. Um, which, not all classes are that long in the uh, rest of this. He'd probably do it over multiple days. Oh, is it that long? See, well, yes. again, no concept. Uh-huh. It's, it's pretty long. I think I've seen a clip of, is it Jim Carrey as Scrooge one time? Uh-huh. It was animated. Maybe. Yeah. We took our students to see at OU, they did a performance of it. They're going to start and narrowing down where we are, Cameron. Well, it's fine. Some place without O and a U. Who knows? It's not a mystery. No. Um, but they did, and we took our students. Um, and they did a really good job, and then two of my students got in a fist fight at, on the way out, so... Were they related? No. Oh, okay. To each other? Or the events related? The, the, the events related. <laughs> Both no. Okay. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad the Christmas, Christmas Carol didn't lead your students it's to like, get Are you guys even fight? paying attention? Yeah, there's a whole scene where Ghost of Christmas present talks about how good it is to just punch somebody. It just feels real nice to punch somebody. I thought you were being serious take. for a second. <laughs> I really was like, oh, oh. I was going to ask your opinion on the Christmas, Christmas Carol, but I guess I won't. Um. No, I, I've seen takes on the Christmas Carol. There's one coming later in Boy Meets World, quite a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are others. I can't think of it's them. It's a common trope, yeah, I feel like. Being visited by the ghosts and like Christmas past is like what soured Christmas for you. Christmas present is like what you're ruining now. And mm-hmm. Christmas future is basically like what... What the world would be like without you well, i mean like when you're dead yeah like dead and gone how people are gonna feel about it yeah which i feel like is a really selfish reason to be good but mm-hmm. that's another we have yeah, spent too much get, time been, yeah we spent way too much time talking about a christmas carol so moving on next scene Corey and sean are talking about their christmas presents and Corey knows he's getting this basketball and he's saved five bucks to get an imitation nylon a regulation net. regulation imitation, imitation nylon, nylon net. net but nylon's already imitation is he meaning is nylon an imitation of an actual net or it's an imitation of nylon which is an artificial fabric this is a great question i have no idea maybe it's an maybe it's nba imitation so it's like imitating the nets uh-huh. the nba could be that makes sense and then Minkus comes and he's like you need to give five dollars for the class present why did you do that with your arms because i we... think he's being tyrannical here oh okay. he's abusing his power so he's like you need to give the five dollars sean because sean hasn't paid the five dollars for the class present for mr feeney uh for those listening at home cameron actually hit me when he did that he just punched me right in the face you need to give the five dollars Oh, uh, so much pain. Minkus in a sweater vest is just a vengeful dude. Yes. But yes, he does. He comes and he wants the $5 for the class gift. Uh And Sean doesn't have it. Says he spent his last money on lunch, which he previously pointed out that his mom packed his lunch that day. Yep, peanut butter and jelly, always a classic. Mm-hmm. Two things you can't keep apart. Um, Wait, this is a question. Did you ever have fish sticks in school? I think so. Okay, I don't know if I did. I'm pretty sure. I, I always ate school lunch, so I'm sure I did. I stopped eating school lunch when I was in seventh grade. Okay. Our our middle school, I lived in like Paradise, Montana, where nothing bad ever happened, so middle schoolers had off-campus lunch. My friend Terrace, who's listening, will know what I'm talking about, going to get pizza at the little bakery, but that's just a shout-out <laughs> He's out for the you, only Terrace. one. It's true. No no one also lived in the town in Montana I lived in. So, yes. <laughs> but yes, we had off-campus lunch. So, like, I literally had not had a school lunch since I was 12 years old. Wow. 
Like, would the, the age these characters are would be the last time I ever would have school lunch. Yeah, I always did. I could go off campus. Some, when junior and senior year, we were at a new school and we weren't allowed to. Um, but even when I was allowed to at my school prior to that, I never did because we actually had a good cafeteria where they, like, cooked the food. I do. I, I kind of feel like I missed out on, mm-hmm. like, a it's fundamental just a, It's just a experience. memory. Just a memory. We can talk more about school cafeterias at a later episode because they come into play. They do. Quite a bit. We're focusing way too much on the... We're bearing the lead. I'm not going to lie to you, Cameron. There isn't a ton to talk about in I this mean, episode. You're right. But... <laughs> so Minkus is telling him to give him that money. Um, yeah, he... He is. I never bought a school, a class present for a teacher. Is that something you get? No, I get some like individual gifts, but the class doesn't all go in. But I teach fifth grade, so maybe in sixth grade, game change. Game change. Yeah, and that's never something I did either. Um, yeah, Minkus is being a little tyrannical. I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out. Especially in the next scene when he comes for the money again. But we'll get to that. Because then we cut to the house and Alan's decorating for Christmas and Morgan is very (laughs) upset about something and runs off screaming when Alan mentions getting her picture taken with Santa. Because it turns out she gave Santa a heart attack. Yeah, I really liked Amy's statement. You know, thinking about it, his face was a little too red. (laughs) But yes, Morgan gets up in his lap and he just clutches his chest. She says he screams out, Rudolph, and falls over. (laughs) And falls over. Uh, After the elf that looks like a hitman tells them they could approach Santa, by the way. Uh Uh-huh, that's true. (laughs) I want to talk about the elf who looks like a hitman a little bit later. Okay, he does come come back up. So there's this to deal with. What I think is so great about this is that Alan is just laughing the whole time. (laughs) Like, he just thinks it's hilarious. Well... He's not like, oh, my poor daughter that she's experienced this. He's just like, this is so ridiculous. I can't. Is that what you would do if this happened to your son? I guess, probably. Even Amy's laughing a little bit. Yeah, and Eric. Eric just makes the whole situation worse. <laughs> Santa called. He said, ho, ho, oh, oh, oh. He's clutching his chest. <laughs> Which is... Spoiler warning, my favorite moment in the entire show mm-hmm. is Eric telling that joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then we find out Alan tells Corey that Sean's dad got laid off. Um, mm-hmm. So probably isn't going to have a good big Christmas this year because Sean, Corey was going to go brag to Sean about his presents and the things that he's got. Yeah, which, yeah, they, I guess they're having like competitions to see who's getting the most for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Again, never a thing I did, but I could see little boys doing that. Mm-hmm. I, this was the point where I was going to ask a question. What's the but question? I don't know if you're really going to go for it, but I was just thinking like... this. These questions are for our listeners. I know, but there's also this moment, um, but Christmas presents. Is there a Christmas present in your mind that like stands out as the best Christmas present that you ever got? There is, oh, actually. Phew! Uh, this is actually, I think, the only Christmas present I can actively remember getting. I think. If I thought long enough, I might be able to remember another. But we were visiting some family that I have never liked because they've never liked me. Whole long story. Don't worry about it. And as always, I was miserable while I was down there. And the one thing I wanted was the Astro Mega Ship from Power Rangers in Space and the Delta <laughs> Mega Ship from Power Rangers in Space. And I got them both. And I spent the entirety of the rest of the trip remembering how to combine them and like transform them because they were like two spaceships that turned into giant robots but then the giant robots could like fuse together Mm. as all good power rangers can do uh and the delta mega ship had gatling gun hands which i thought was the coolest thing i mean it kind of is on the entire planet and like i remember playing with those things 
so much. All right. So yes, I have one. Pretty cool. I can think of a few. Probably the one that stands out the most, which when I think about it, it represents a lot of love, but we'll talk about it in a second. I got... Oh, mine represented distraction and yours represents love. Well, no, no, I'll I'll get to it. So I loved Legos growing up. And as a one Christmas, I got every single Lego set and like the Lego Islanders set, which is like all these islands and probably racist representations of some uh, Pacific Islander cultures. But that's neither here nor there right now. But we all have history. My parents got me all of them for Christmas, but they put them all together. So when I came out on Christmas morning, it was already all put together, which in the moment is like, oh, so cool. But also looking back, sorry, mom and dad, because I think you might be listening. It's like the fun of Legos is putting them together. And that was gone. When you told, when you initially said that, I was like, what were they thinking? (laughs) So mom and dad, I love you. It was so cool to come out to. It's a little bit of a bummer, but it's cool. I'm really enjoying this and I don't know why. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Liner, we love you. Come on the show. Yes. Um, so what was the one that represented a lot of love? Or were those the well, just the love, the act of doing. It's like we're going to. They even talked, talked about like staying up all night to put it all together. Which oh. is just like just a very thoughtful, nice thing. But at the same time, it's like the fun is the assembly. Now, let me flip your question. Uh-huh. Is there a present you always wanted that you never got? That's hard to think about. Did you? Yes. Okay. I'll go. Okay. You think. You go. I'll go first. So I remember this is probably the present I wanted the most. Also Power Rangers themed. So here we are. Yeah, he's a man of many interests. Uh, (laughs) Apparently Christmas and Power Rangers were just hand in hand with me. Um, But I wanted the Green Rangers Dragon Dagger or... The White Ranger sword, didn't care which. I just wanted one of them um, so bad. And I never got them. My parents even like wrote me a note from Santa explaining <laughs> that like they were out. Is this why you hate Christmas chants? It is because I never got my Power Rangers weapons. If this was the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen at the very end, that sword and or dagger would be the thing that floats down to you and restores your sense of christmas spirit i don't understand that reference (laughs) just in the holiday spirit i really can't think of anything that i was like this is the thing i want um probably like i remember being like what am i gonna ask santa for because we would always go get santa pictures and just throwing out some real clunkers wait 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 we're 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 holding out something right here you actually went like stood in line and like sat on santa's lap and talked Uh to him yeah that's a thing real people do real people i've only seen that ever happen ever happen in like like TV shows. Chance, you were, you portrayed Santa. I did. I portrayed Santa three times at Hastings, but no little kid ever came up and sat on my lap. <laughs> of course, because you're a Santa at Hastings. You just spray painted your beard white. So for those of you who don't know really quick, <laughs> Hastings is a entertainment chain that catered to college towns and smaller, unless you lived in Amarillo, Texas. And they were uh, like... A blockbuster, which you may not know that one either. Like a video rental. They also sold books and games and lifestyle, sort of all sorts of knickknack junk. Comic books, action figures. It was just kind of your go-to entertainment store. In my opinion, the best entertainment store. It was very good. Still hasn't been rivaled. Uh, Went out of business in 2016. (laughs) Uh, Cameron and I both worked there at one point, and I did... Three times portray Santa Claus there. And I talked to a lot of little kids, but none of them like sat on my lap and told me what they wanted for Christmas. That's a bummer. I just talked to them. But yes, that is a real thing. That's not just a TV trope. Long lines every time. Hated it. 
But then as I got older, because I did this longer than you probably should have, but it made my mom happy. <laughs> so that's it. She kept pushing back the barrier. It's like, when you turn 18, you don't have to get your picture taken with Santa. And it's like, when you get married, you don't have to. And then she was like, when you have your own kids. And I was like, no, mom, this, this is the this is it. I'm not going to go. At the birth of Cameron's second child, he was like, no, mother. Freedom. <laughs> no. For the first three years of his oldest son's life, his son actually sat on his lap while Cameron sat on Santa's lap. It was very cute. None of that is true. None of that happened. Uh, so much to talk about in this episode. There is so um, very much. Yes. And so, um, Sean is pretending like nothing is wrong because his dad got laid off. And so, Corey gives him the basketball saying, hey, I got this. I'm giving you my gift. Like, my most special, important gift that I've been wanting. Yes, but we are giving Corey a little too much credit real quick. Because when he first comes up with the idea, his first thought is, I'm gonna give- <laughs> what if we give him one of Eric's? Yes, give him one of Eric's <laughs> presents. So. Which is my second favorite joke in the entire episode. Uh-huh. But, so he gives it to him and Sean does not go for it. Yeah. He's just like... I don't want your charity. Like, this is dumb. What did you go tell everybody that my dad got laid off and all this stuff? And it's kind of an intense moment for what we've seen so far. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, Probably up there with Corey using a racial slur in class and Sean threatening to knock his head off. So Sean's our real dramatic talent. Yeah, here is. In the series. You know, I actually really like this fight because I think it's nuanced where, like for Sean, it's about pride and about... What's the word? It's about pride and also like not wanting to be looked down it's upon. It's saving face. Yeah, saving face. And for Corey, it is about giving that thanks, but it's also about helping his friend. Like, I think there's a general, because that's the first thing he goes to is, I want Sean to have something. Uh-huh. It's not a, I want to look good. Mm-hmm. Or I want to, I mean, I don't think he's even saying like, I want you to say thank you and just like love it. Right. But it's like he wanted him to accept it. He wanted him to have something for Christmas when he didn't think he was going to get to have anything. Yeah. And I mean, there was the expectation of thanks and that is wrong for a gift. But that being said, as someone who is an outsider to Christmas, doesn't seem all that unpar for the course in American Christmases. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to say thank you. We'll get into traditions in the next episode. Sure. But yeah, so I don't know. I think it's a pretty well nuanced fight, um, especially for a fight that two 12 year olds, 11 year olds, who knows at this point, are having. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a bit of conflict there. Corey has a conversation with Mr. Feeney where he kind of unpacks that like a gift is given without any expectation. Like if you're giving it for a reason, like you're not really giving a gift. You're trying to get something, Mm -hmm. which isn't what the point of a gift is. It Uh is the point of most Christmas gifts. But again, cynic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pointing at me saying so. Uh-huh. So then we get another scene where the elf, the elf that looks like a hitman, you said? Uh, so the show said the elf, <laughs> the elf looked like a hitman. Uh-huh. So he comes to the house, though. And again, not being nice to Italian people, the only reason he looks like a hitman is because he is very Italian. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I don't know if uh, the people who made this show just Is there like an extensive towns? mafia presence in Philadelphia? I don't know. I mean, we will see some mafia stuff I know. later on. And they kind of are presented more Italian. So I wonder, I mean, it could be stereotypical. That is, I mean, Occam's Razor, the most obvious answer, is probably correct. Yeah. But, but maybe, I mean, just like you see in the back of Corey and Eric's room, there's all sorts of Philadelphia stuff. Maybe they did their research. And maybe there's an extensive mafia presence in Philadelphia. For the next episode, if we remember, we might not. Probably won't. We will have an answer as to whether or not the Italian mob is prominent in Philadelphia (laughs) in the early 90s. 
I have a strong feeling it is more of the stereotyping than anything. But, you know, yeah, the elf, surprised. The elf comes. We learn he called Morgan a demon child. How come he called me a demon child? <laughs> the cadence of Morgan's speech is so good. Yes. Like, it is so rehearsed and so clearly not, like, normal speech. But it is so hilarious. Uh, every time it is hilarious. I mean, <laughs> the... I don't... Okay. So, sometimes in TV, what you're seeing is not really what's happening. That's why they call it TV. But there's that whole scene where Morgan's behind the bathroom door. And they're trying to get her out. And that's when Eric does the... Oh, 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 oh joke which is hilarious but then the physical comedy of him giving her his, his flannel, flannel shirt uh-huh. and her oh closing the door, on it. the door on it and again and then again and then again and again was so funny like morgan is just hilarious mm-hmm she is a joke machine, and I never realized that uh-huh. in previous watches. She is so funny. Um, what What's her name? Lindsay? Lindsay Nixay. Nixay? We love you. Come on the show. Please. I know that's not your... I think I think she got married, so I think she has goes by a different last name now. But please, please, please. Yeah, we think you're the best part of season one so far. I think it's fair to say. Uh-huh. So there's that. And then um, we get the most important scene of the entire show. Uh, the entire episode, not the entire show. The elf coming? No, no. <laughs> After. After that. In the classroom where Minkus comes again. Well, it's in the... This one's in the cafeteria uh-huh. where Minkus comes again. Yeah, Minkus in, comes in the cafeteria telling... And he's really mean to Sean. Go ahead. He's really mean to Sean, calls Sean a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. Just pretty strong. Well, mean Minkus is not good Minkus. No, mean Minkus isn't good Minkus. But do you remember exactly what he said? Because it's very important. Go for it. Everyone will know that you are the biggest deadbeat at Jefferson Elementary School. <gasps> Ding, 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 ding. Jefferson Elementary. I never thought they would actually name the elementary school, but they do, baby. We got it. <laughs> Book them. <laughs> so, the biggest deadbeat at Jefferson Elementary School, where they are in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. We got it. Boom. Yes. So, he tells them that, and... Sean is clearly fed up and leaves. But then Corey comes and he'd saved this $5 to get his imitation nylon net. And he gives that to Minkus saying like, oh, Sean, you know, let me five bucks. And that's why he doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, and so, Which, did he need the story? Couldn't he just give him the five bucks and be like, hey, put Sean's name on the card? I think it was part of him learning the lesson. Okay. I think probably if the other stuff hadn't happened, he would have said like oh sean's dad got laid off he doesn't have the money so here it is but then he was really thinking about what it means to like care for him and so he didn't oh, make a big that deal would help out of sean save face uh-huh. yeah so he, yeah. he was i think he was being more thoughtful than we give young Corey credit for ever yeah rightfully so <laughs> yeah definitely and then we learn that minkus is the class treasurer uh-huh. which makes me think who's the president who's yeah. the vice president maybe he's all of them that's my that was my exact thought <laughs> my exact thought is he must be all of them minkus is every single officer of this class's elected board uh-huh it's just like let's just give it to minkus he can do it all maybe it's yeah yeah maybe he's at a conference and that's why we don't see him you think again. topanga what do you think topanga is an officer no i could see her kind of going against the whole notion yeah, I could too, especially at this point. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the next scene where they are. Oh, I did also notice there is a teacher monitoring the lunchroom. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. The kids are like, unsupervised they're for They're not once. unsupervised, but they're also not shooting water guns. So Yes. <laughs> it was because of the uh, incident where... Corey soaked the entire cafeteria with water. Yes, from the so water they fountain. needed to have somebody watching them all because... 
this is this is a problem. But then they're in the classroom. Um, this is just kind of a funny scene as Minkus is giving Mr. Feeney the class gift. Yes. And he's <laughs> like, like, you cunning bibliophile, you. you. bibliophile, you. This feels like it has the heft of a thick book. Which I have to say, I counted the students in the class. If they all gave five bucks. There were 15 students in there. At least according to television magic. There were 15. Maybe more. But at five dollars each, that's seventy-five bucks. What book is that? Did, wasn't it a dictionary? It, or he something? never took it out. Oh, but that's like a lot of money for a book. See, yeah, I thought it was is a Minkus, dictionary or something. Is Minkus corrupt? <laughs> is that why he's worried that they're going to subpoena his diaries? Because he Minkus was five dollars away from that bribe. That's is, why he needed it so bad. Is this why he's not in season two? Because he got found out. You don't know he's not in season two yet. <laughs> it's true, but he's a corrupt official. He must be. So I love Minkus. But also, I'm on to you. Um, then we get, uh, he reads off all the names and uh, Sean's name is on there. And then they go to a set, which I don't think we've seen up to this point. The hallway? Yeah. We have. Because Corey and Mr. Feeney talk there in Teacher's Bet. Where he's saying, I'll teach you. you can, I can learn anything if I'm interested. That may like, be. But that was right there in the hall. Such a thing thin hallway Uh like it is not it is not the hallway that we will later on see Mm -hmm. this one is so so narrow narrow. but right before that i saw a boom mic oh did you as they got dismissed the bell rings and they leave presumably to go on christmas break there's a boom mic hanging down as they all ran out of the classroom oh i will never notice stuff like that but uh i usually don't either but this one for some reason it stood out to me so look for the boom mic in that scene that's very funny Mm -hmm. um they have the conversation in the hallway sean says merry christmas to minkus Minkus says, really? And then he also <laughs> says, Merry Christmas. Which it's the magic of Christmas. I think knowing that they have an antagonistic relationship. That's like a nice thing to say. Yeah, it's a nice thing to say. Though, I don't feel like at this point the antagonism has quite... That's not like gone away. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like it's been there. Like mm-hmm. in previous episodes. They've had a few moments. Uh-huh. It's about to be there in the next episode. Yeah, the, well, the antagonism definitely ramps up. I mean, all friendly antagonism. Uh-huh. But, True. Um, but, you know, it's the Christmas episode. You have to have those heartfelt moments. And so then Sean and Corey kind of work it out. Wearing so many layers, by the way. It's winter time. They do. It's December. What do you expect? December in um, Pennsylvania. It's cold. It was really cold where I lived. You know what we did? We wore one thick jacket. Fools. Uh, I could have worn a hundred little jackets. (laughs) Then we would have been really styling. Uh Um, But yes, uh, I wrote down so many layers mm-hmm. but yeah they have a they have a really good they have a really good reconnection scene mm-hmm. uh sean gives Corey a net that could be real nylon <laughs> which makes me again question do they mean they're getting a fake nylon net because that would probably just be something else i don't know yep and then uh i i don't know i really like sean's playing off of their just playing off their old argument by saying like Oh, so every time you miss a pass, we're not going to be friends. Uh-huh. I thought it was a very, <laughs> a very teenage boy resolution uh-huh. to a fight. Corey's got some game. He dribbled between his legs. He did. He did, and he stole that ball from Sean. But he seemed pretty impressed about it. He was like, "I did it." It's true. It's like he really isn't very good at sports. Um. So they they reconnect. I don't really have anything else about this scene. Do you? No, I don't really have much else about the episode. I have one thing. I do love Mr. Feeney as Santa Claus. Mr. Feeney as Santa Claus is good. Hey, Hello, Morgan. Where's that I piano in their living room been? <laughs> That's true. Where on earth did a grand piano, not a keyboard, not, not a, even an upright piano, not an upright, where did a grand piano, where's it been hiding? Just over there. 
Right where you don't see. There's just suddenly this grand piano in their living room. What that? What's up with that? I mean, when you look at their house from the front, the front door, there's a whole wing where the cameras are. So see, there's a whole living space over there that we never see. See, I was just thought that was a wall with a TV on it. There's a TV there, but I think there must be an additional something. There has to be something. We see it from the outside. Yeah, I guess you're right. And it houses a grand piano. It's the piano room. <laughs> um, so yeah. And that's, I mean, Mr. Feeney is is Santa Claus. Uh, Morgan has a great moment again. Why does Santa look like Mr. Feeney? And everyone is concerned, but she's happy. Uh She doesn't care that he looks like Mr. Feeney. Uh She's just happy, and they take the picture. And And then Morgan sings the most 90s and kid uh, version of Jingle Bells. It's true, though. I learned it differently. Mm -hmm. It was Batman Smells, Joker Got Away, not Commissioner Broke a Leg. Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg. Batmobile lost a wheel and Joker got away. Yep. Yeah, Joker got away, but she says Commissioner broke his leg. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Which I didn't know there were two versions of that song. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I saying mean, maybe it's wrong. a regional variation. <laughs> regional variant. Mm-hmm. It's like a Pokemon. Yes. Anyway, um, so I have a note here. Uh-huh. I can't let Morgan be MVP again. <laughs> She's too often the MVP. It's too easy to make Morgan MVP. Mm-hmm. Did you have a written down MVP? I don't think I wrote one down. I, it's really hard to pick one in this episode that's not Morgan. It could be Eric. Eric. He's just going to play some good older brother stuff, especially with Morgan. Yeah. Like the ho, 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 ho. Or it could be Sean, because again, we talked about his sort of like dramatic acting chops. See, I, that, that was going to be my argument was, I think it's Sean. He gets he gets the moment at the very beginning where he's bragging. Mm-hmm. He gets to kind of act offended. Well, he's not to, a very good liar. Well, I don't think he's trying to be. What twelve? My dad already is. got me two basketballs. <laughs> runs his hand through his hair like what? My dad already got me two. Why would he give you two? Yeah, and he's you know he's trying to save face. No kid likes to be thought of mm-hmm. as the poor kid. Yeah, I think he's got. I think I'd give it to Sean. All right, Sean MVP. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what would you title this one? Okay, this one was hard for me to title and I wanted to talk it out because I don't know. Boy Meets Christmas is too easy and there's mm-hmm. other Christmas episodes. Um, Boy Meets Hitman Elf is definitely one I thought. <laughs> um, that was definitely a thing I thought. Um, what do you think? I did not go hilarious route. I just said Boy Meets Charity. Oh. Because it's kind of, that's what the thing, the boy is meeting. He doesn't ever interact with the Hitman Elf. It's true. I wish he did. Um, I don't know because what, uh, my problem with charity is it isn't isn't the whole point that it's not charity. It's like true giving. Mm-hmm. Or boy meets giving was the other thing that I wrote down. I think I, I would go with boy meets giving before I went with boy meets charity because mm-hmm. the whole thing is you don't want Sean to be charity. Uh huh. Yes, and at the end it's not. It's like he's being a friend and he's caring for his friend, and yeah. Sean realizes that. Corey realizes that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's more. It's not that you don't care when you're doing charity, but it's more a faceless. I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah, this is more personal. It's giving. Yeah. So um, I'll go with Boy Meets Giving. Boy Meets Hitman Elf can be our subtitle. Mm -hmm. Um, And what did you rate this episode? I gave it a seven. I gave it a six. Okay. I think six will probably six is what I gave the the pilot, mm-hmm. and it'll probably be pretty much my what do you, what do I call it my median mm-hmm. or my my low Par. my lowest score will probably be a six. I mean, 
I really love the characters and the humor of the show, even when I don't think it's mm-hmm. fire. It wasn't really the Morgan giving Santa a heart attack stuff was really funny. Yeah. There wasn't much else going on in terms yeah. of funny, enjoyable. Not to say it was bad. Again, yeah, but it just wasn't. I thought the backyard <laughs> fight and the backyard reconciliation were both well done. They just weren't terribly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in the in the grand scheme of all TV everywhere, I'm giving this a six. I think it's better than your average thing on TV. But if it was like Boy Meets World rankings, it would probably be like a four or a five. Mm-hmm. If I was just doing it like where the, the you know a Boy Meets World scale only. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with six all for right. for our total. Um, yeah, I think that's everything for this episode. What about you? I think so, too. So we're going to move on to episode 111, the father-son game. And we are back with episode 111, the father-son game. And I guess it is my turn to yep. synopsize. Hit us with that synopsis. Uh, we don't plan these, by the way. We're just coming up off the cuff. Off the top of I hope heads. it's not that obvious. Actually, I kind of do. Yeah, I it's do too. It's got a bespoke charm to it. Um, so Eric and Corey both have plans for the weekend. Not good plans, but plans. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that it is dun 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 the father son <laughs> softball game. Oh no. Uh, they're trying to think of ways to get out of it when their fruits of their labor come to a head their father realizes what's happening and tells them that the game is not happening he is lying and when they figure out he is lying they feel real bad and they try to make it up to him and then Leonard Spinelli comes that's very important Mm, Lenny oh Lenny yes we'll get to Leonard we can't start there I'm still in Santa's little helper notes let me turn so we open up with Morgan at the breakfast table. <laughs> Cereal everywhere, eating a bowl of something. Uh, of just marshmallows. We don't know that yet. Well, you can kind of see Yeah, it. but we don't I, know I, for I, sure. It hasn't been confirmed that it's just marshmallows. But she's just saying, I've been up since six o'clock. Which is still something to this day. I say when, I, when I've been gotten up very early and I'm tired. <laughs> I've been up since six o'clock. It's more something I say to myself. There are things that I say to myself to like express my feelings to me, which it's important. Might be weird. To understand your emotions is an important part of being a person. But when I'm really tired and I've been up, I got her up early. It doesn't really matter when. I'll think to myself, I've been up since six o'clock. I'm feeling very perky. (laughs) And uh, another one. Another one that I legitimately do when I'm like, man, I'm so tired. I could just go into a coma. I think to myself, coma, 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 coma. So this so this episode, is a very foundational episode in Chance's life. Well, just a really foundational, what is it called? A teaser? The thing before the... Yeah, foundational cold open. Yeah, a foundational cold open for, uh, for, for me. But I do, like, I forget that both of those things that I say in my head <laughs> on occasion are from this episode. Coma? Coma? Yeah, so she's doing that as the boys come downstairs and discuss their plans. We see the first hint of weatherman Eric. Oh. Yeah, that's he's true. talking about the potential for his dates and kind of comparing it to the weather. It was sort of funny, but yeah, it's just like because later we see Eric wanting to be a weatherman. You know, I really want to have someone on who had this kind of experience in high school because like all of the really popular guys I knew had like a girlfriend at all times. Uh-huh. They wouldn't go on multiple dates, multiple with, dates multiple with multiple girls, girls or have like I've got these irons in the fire and I'm gonna just see what plays out. Yeah, and I. Uh, 
I wasn't an avid dater. I mean, because what high school kid really is? I think none, right? Like I was girl obsessed and I spent time with girls, but it was all more like opportunity than it was like planned out dates. I had maybe like mm-hmm. yeah, four or five planned out dates. Yeah. And maybe we're just the odd ones out. Maybe, but I don't know. Like I'm, I think about the popular guys and they always had like one girl that they were going after. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening and you went on a lot of dates in high school a la eric matthews like let us know if you could regularly say like i've got this date for friday and this date for saturday yeah let us know because i don't know this is just so anti what i know about anything yeah (laughs) we are Corey matthews nothing ever made sense to us again (laughs) nothing in our lives makes sense the older you get, the more true you learn that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, his the father comes down, gets mm-hmm. his glove out of the oven. Oven, apparently a thing. Again, not baseball people. It continues to be shoved in our faces. He How has... little we know about sports. And the brothers are like, "Oh, is oh, it that time of year already?" Um, Against the Unicorn Rainbow Bookstore. Yes, I want to talk about that. <laughs> They are so down on these people for their beliefs. They're just... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they are using, like, a new age, like, they think differently. They're vegetarians as, like, oh, man, everyone is a slam. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I guess is very 90s, but, like, come on. Yes, they are just bashing these people for their beliefs, which actually kind of sound lovely. Uh-huh. The Rainbow Unicorn Bookstore sounds like a cool place. Yeah, I would go there. I, it, in fact, you should go to a local bookstore right now and support it. They you should. You. They, need to, they need you right now. Well, maybe don't go maybe just like order something call from them. them call them say hello see what they got buy something yeah maybe don't go inside this is still mid-quarantine but you know anyway um so yes maybe this is why we were never baseball people <laughs> because we think man i'd go to the unicorn rainbow bookstore. or sports people at all we're like i don't want to just like kill people who are different than me metaphorically yeah because like well i don't think i don't think they really wanted to kill them cameron <laughs> metaphorically kill them um yes and so then we cut to class they're saying the pledge of allegiance is the first time we see something like this but topanga doesn't do the pledge of allegiance oh my gas okay before we get into the scene Uh when did you stop doing the pledge of allegiance because i don't remember doing it ever after like fifth grade we still did it through high school well yes we did because there was like the morning announcements and it was always part of the morning announcements which shock shock surprise surprise i did the morning announcements at one of my high schools Okay. So I would do them for everyone. And I mean, in my current job, we do them every day. because. do you really? Mm -hmm. I didn't think schools did the Pledge of Allegiance every day anymore. Yeah, we do that. And then our state flag, have a moment of silence. That's the whole thing. You do the state flag? Uh Uh-huh. I I didn't even know states had Pledges of Allegiance. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, you didn't know we had a flag chance? (laughs) Geography major. I know states have flags. Didn't know they had pledges of allegiance. This is this is interesting. I know what our state meal is. Uh-huh. I did not know we had, we had a, a pledge. pledge. <laughs> it's more of a salute. We call it a salute. Uh, just so you know, our state meal is country fried steak, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And I think also another kind of steak, which is kind Amazing. of indulgent, but I would totally eat it. We Oklahomans are nothing if not indulgent in our cuisine. Um, but yes, yeah, so maybe... My friend from high school, if you were listening, am I just not thinking about us doing the pledge? Because I don't remember doing it after like fifth or sixth grade. So tweet at us. Tell me when we stopped doing the pledge. Maybe it just became so rote that you didn't think about it. Yeah. For six years. (laughs) Seven years. Well, my friend from high school will also probably point out that I showed up to high school so sporadically that maybe (laughs) I just forgot. (laughs) Um, Yes. 
So I, I'm we still do that. Kid. So I did it all through high school. Okay. And I mean, sort of because I was in marching band and it was first hour. And so when it was marching season, we would miss it because we were out, you know, pounding the pavement, getting our formations. And uh... wouldn't you pound the grass? Well, we practice in a parking lot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you don't kill the grass. Fair enough. It's important. Because in college, we would practice on the grass. And by the end of, especially the first week of band camp, there were grooves worked in all the grass where it was all dead from being marched on. But that's neither here nor there. But when it was concert season, we would have to pause and do all of that because we were in the building and would hear it. Okay. Okay. So yes. um, And then uh, Topanga doesn't do the pledge, like you said. Gasp. And brings up an argument that we are still having in our country today Mm -hmm. about tradition versus social protest. Uh-huh. So it's like, if I don't understand what it means, I shouldn't have to do it. Or I might not. Why does that mean that I have to do it? But then Corey's saying, well, it's just what you do. Like, mm-hmm. it's a tradition and that you, you do it and it doesn't really matter. It takes like 10 seconds and who cares? Yep. Um, that was Corey's argument. Not a very thought out argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does it really well. He'd make a great politician. <laughs> um, talking about the flag and... Mm-hmm. All that. Yes, John is doing the... Yeah. Behind him. And he says, this is exactly what he said. He said, I do it because I'm supposed to do it. And that's what makes me a great American. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, we won't get into politics here, but oh, boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're having this argument. Um, and then the bell rings. And then the bell rings. Yeah, exactly. A minute after they do the Pledge of Allegiance, which is typically the start of your day. They, uh, Tamanga gives an okay argument. Corey gives a, uh, not great classic argument. Classic politician argument. Yeah, a classic politician argument. And then the bell rings. So maybe they do the Pledge of Allegiance mid-class. And also, I'm guessing this is the lunch bell? Because then they go right to lunch. Yeah, then they go right to lunch. But maybe there's other classes during the day. But they were talking about it, weren't they? Were Corey and Sean talking about it in the cafeteria? No, they were talking about father-son. Yeah, they were talking talking about the father-son game. I don't know. It's... This and Corey coming in and Corey's alternative friends. Time is a flat circle. I don't know what that means. I don't think it applies. It is now my goal though, not even kidding, to come up with a canonical way their day works. I want to figure this out. (laughs) Good luck. Um, That's not what I signed up for. No. Okay. So they're in the cafeteria talking about the father-son game. Yep. Just the reasons that they hate it. Apparently this is a common thing. He's like, I just hate father-son games. I don't remember anything like that growing up. Uh, Neither do I. I'm glad you don't because I was like, is this just a part of my childhood I missed because me and my father weren't close? Like, I mean, my dad and I were pretty close and this didn't happen. He was like my t-ball and baseball coach. But that was way earlier. But that's, yeah, a lot earlier and not really this at all. Yeah, because I have a lot of questions. One, and this may just be because I was always held at a distance by my father and the idea of doing something with him was kind of nebulous to me. Well, no, but like, I feel like if my dad had been like, hey, let's do this thing together that's going to be fun. Like, I would have been pretty for it because it would have just been such a new concept Uh for me. Like, okay. Um, But yeah, and I was going to ask you, like, is this something you would have been down on? Is this something you would have been like, oh, I don't want to do that? No, it seems really weird that they're so down on it. Yeah, especially because aren't they sports people? Don't they love to play? We love playing baseball. This is, but I don't know. Yeah, it seems like Corey and Sean are in every sport. They're in Little League. They're in basketball. Mm -hmm. Like, you think it'd be like, this is another chance to play a game. Yeah, I just had so many questions about this Mm -hmm. and again like i said before can't relate to christmas can't relate to spending time with your dad so (laughs) 
Just maybe I'm swinging a miss two times. Can't relate to baseball. Strike three, he's out. Yeah. This is now my podcast. Chance isn't here anymore. It's just me. So we're going to talk about the best Saturday morning cartoon because Corey mentions his Saturdays. He wakes up, watches X-Men. That's my answer because that's what I did. My dad was my T-ball and coach pitch coach and he would intentionally schedule games to start on Saturday after X-Men so we could watch it. Chance, what is the best Saturday morning cartoon? You are invited back in. Okay, this one's really hard for me because I feel like retrospect has to play some some point. I guess. Something here. I loved X-Men when it was on too. It doesn't age well. It's not great. Um, the greatest theme song of all time. I mean. Yeah, and it's not like, I watched some of it recently. It's not like a problematic bad. No. It's just like the quality isn't as good. There's better other X-Men cartoons that come later. Yeah. I would say as a little kid, X-Men for sure. Older kid, Pokemon, Digimon. Yeah, yeah. Digimon is probably the one I'm going going to say. Um, I think it was probably the best Saturday morning cartoon of my childhood. Um, I think the Spider-Man animated series probably aged a lot better than the X-Men animated series. See, the thing in the 90s was they weren't allowed to actually do violence to anyone ever. <laughs> and, and that's that's really true. Spider-Man never punches anyone in the entirety of Spider-Man the Animated Series. He throws things, he webs things, but he never punches anything in that entire series. And Wolverine is only allowed to like slash fences, destroy sentinels. That is a little much. But like, you'll also notice... I guess notice, when you have knives for hands, what else are you going to do? You'll also notice the only time Cyclops ever uses his powers, he misses... Because it would be too violent for him not to miss. Yeah. Um, that powerful beam. And I just think I just think those rules and regulations of like don't allow things to be hit on show. I think it's problematic. Yeah, it kind of ruins it. So it's it's not a problem in terms of well, this is certainly saying something that we as a society have moved past or come to better terms with. No, I will say mutants as an allegory for minorities and homosexuality is problematic these days I think mm-hmm. um, not that man this is gonna get into some deep analysis real quick sci-fi always uses allegory to make a point about modern society so I'm not sure it's the worst thing in the world either uh-huh. I mean X-Men's kind of anybody who's on the outside yeah. can relate to the X-Men which is why I think they're so popular because everybody at one time or other has felt like an outsider yep I think that's true. So uh, that was just me coming up with a problematic thing. But it isn't, it's not really all that problematic. The reason mm-hmm. the show isn't fun to watch is because they weren't actually allowed to do anything. Yeah. But man, Digimon is slamming. Digimon is so good. Show. Probably, I would say that Digimon is my favorite Saturday morning mm-hmm. show. Also Recess. You know, I never watched Recess. That's okay. We need to move on. We do. Because we have the best joke of the episode. What is it? I don't even know. The burger. Yes. <laughs> I, I just Which... wrote, I love... Sean and Minkus in the sea. Which one, that is the biggest cafeteria hamburger patty that has ever existed. That thing is thick. <laughs> what is that, like a half pound hamburger in their school cafeteria? It's a Carl's Jr. third pound. <laughs> thick burger. Thick burger. Yeah, but Minkus leaves his tray for a moment and Sean is just tempted beyond all ability to control himself to just mess with his burger. Yes. Uh, as he describes it, he gets his jollies messing with Minkus' <laughs> with Yeah, but he like pours a whole shaker of salt on it and then yogurt yep. all on top. Uh, but then Minkus gets him in the end, does the whole switcheroo. Well, not switcheroo. Right, so exactly. Sean will do the switcheroo. He, he outsmarts him. He's like, is that Shaquille O'Neal? And then they look and Minkus picks up both burgers like he's going to switch them, but then slams them both back down where they belong. So it sounds like he switched them, but he didn't actually do it. 
Yep. And then Sean, Stephen Hawking, and then he actually switches them. Uh-huh. And then Sean bites into that terrible Salty burger. yogurt burger. Yep. Which I've got to say would not be pleasant. No, that's so much salt. There are many things we've said we'll try on this podcast. A That ain't it, kid. A chip sandwich with an entire tub of bologna or ham or whatever. Uh, Heath Bar Crunch. But we're not trying mm-hmm. a salty yogurt burger. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry for the chorus line reference. Nobody understood that. We don't need to get into it. Okay. It's not from an, an appropriate song, we'll say. Okay. Um, but yes, I love this scene. I love Sean's inability to not mess with Minkus. I just love Sean in both of these episodes. Uh-huh. He's very good. Yeah, I think they have really found their groove as a show. Mm-hmm. And really, um, like, Topanga is there in both episodes. Minkus is there in both episodes. I think they've just found their... They've hit their rhythm. Yeah, their rhythm. <laughs> um, which is odd to say. Didn't really care for either of these episodes. Uh-huh. But they everyone seems to be who they should be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. Love this scene. Best scene in the episode, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see. About but very good scene. Yes. Top top three um, from the episode. And then we learn that Sean also hates father-son games. Someone always goes home in an ambulance. Someone always goes home in an ambulance. And then we cut to... Or I guess to the hospital in an ambulance. Oh, yes. And then we cut back to the Matthews home where the brothers have to figure out how to get out of the game mm-hmm. some more. They engage in a competition of brotherly blackmail. Mm-hmm. As I've written down, they're just like, only one of us has to go. Father-son game, not son's game. And so they're trying to see which one of them would go. And he's like, well, what if I just let it slip? We get to talking about golf and I let it slip that you broke his driver for his golf clubs hitting rocks. And then Corey's like, well, what if we talk about driving and he's worried about you driving? And I say, don't worry, he's driven your car thousands of times around the block. What is the best early childhood blackmail you have for your sister? Go. We didn't play that game. Oh, you couldn't blackmail your sister if need be? No, she's too whiny. Sorry, Carly. (laughs) You were. (laughs) He feels so bad. He does. (laughs) Um, okay, but yeah, so they basically say they're going to let dad decide. They run downstairs. They've both got excuses as to why they can't go. They're not good excuses. Leg is getting, ra- getting radon tested. Yep, and uh, Eric and what's her name? Victoria? Vicky? Something like that. Have a study date. Uh, that they've had since 1942, uh-huh. he says. And this is when Alan gets the hint and he's like, guys, they canceled the game. It is funny because it's he tells them right in the middle of Corey's excuse and then Corey's excuse pivots real fast to <laughs> and I told him take the leg I got to get to that game with my <laughs> which yeah which is great um but they think they're off the hook and then they go on with their lives they have a great weekend mm-hmm. Corey describes his weekend like played video games and blah 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 and then sunday i took it easy <laughs> yes he did nothing on saturday and sunday he took it easy mm-hmm. um this is where we learned that it was topanga's father's bookstore yes the rainbow unicorn bookstore or unicorn rainbow bookstore yes which is our timeline for this episode We'll get to, but mm-hmm. it's pretty much all we got. Yeah, there hasn't been much in either of these episodes. Just the Jefferson Elementary. Yep, and, and then this. This. The Jedediah owns a bookstore. Yep, Jedediah owns the Rainbow mm-hmm. Unicorn Bookstore. But they find out that they played, got and creamed. Got creamed by the inner peace people. Uh-huh. Those... How dare they? Dumb... Those dumb hippies with their crystals and self-actualization. Yep, and uh, Corey tells Eric they feel really bad about it. Eric makes a, makes a gift makes a gift of the re- magi, magi reference uh-huh. but it, he's like it's like the gift of the magi but we didn't get him anything and it's like 
this is nothing like the gift of the major. Okay. I specifically wrote it down. This is nothing like the gift of the major. No, that's what I thought too. And I thought, man, I don't think Eric's ever read the gift of the major. And then I wondered, have I? Is that the one with the woman with the hair mm -hmm. and the clips? Like she shares. Yeah, she shares. She cuts her hair and sells it to get her husband a watch chain. But he sells his watch to get her combs for her hair. Yes, that's what I thought the gift of the magi was. Okay, I was right. So yes, nothing like the gift of the magi. No, don't know why that's in there. Because the real gift is the love they had for each other. It's actually a pretty good story. It is a little sad. It is. It's been so long that I was unsure if I was right. But they do that. So they decide to do something nice for their father. What do they do? Oh. They call in some help. They call in the biggest guns they could find. And they bring in Leonard Spinelli. How you doing? Hi, Mr. Liner. I'm your co-host, Chance. I want to do this impression forever. Please do. Yes, I have a note that just says Leonard with an exclamation point because uh, I forgot. I had Leonard Spinelli exclamation point. Uh, nice. I outdid you. You did. <laughs> this is also jumping ahead a little bit where I've got Leonard MVP question mark. Uh -huh. we'll I wrote that, that immediately. <laughs> um, but I yeah. Just, I was laughing so much. I can't even remember specifically what he said because I didn't write it down, but I was literally oh. laughing out loud. Oh, I've got some gems, let me tell you. The first thing is he brought all the things over, he sets them down, and then he's talking about how he hurt his arm because he comes in in a sling, mm -hmm. and he hurt his arm by getting out of a turtleneck. Right, that it shrunk. Yeah, it shrunk, and he pulled his arm getting out of a turtleneck. Um, they say they know that he hurt his arm at the game. and he's softball like, game? He's, he's going with the lie. He's going with it. Um, and then they say, we know about the game. And he starts talking about, I've never done myself real physical damage before. I've done myself vast, vast emotional, emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> and then they find the pimento loaf, which not going to lie, I don't even know what that is. Could not tell you what pimento loaf is. Uh, pimento is like a little pepper. And there's like pimento cheese. Pimentos go in olives. It's like a little red thing in an olive. So it's probably like a meat with these little peppers in it. Okay, sure. And you probably couldn't eat. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look. I have a pepper allergy. Um. Anyway, so uh, Leonard Spinelli says that uh, he sa says he's coming too. Well, he doesn't really say that. The pimento loaf says that. Mm -hmm. He wants to be there that night too. And they're going to tell him that it's just supposed to be them and their dad. He, he just responds, vast emotion emotional damage <laughs> also i remember he's like so you know that he, you know that there was no game and he but does he know that you know that there was no game but also does he know that you know that no that you know that no not that, that yes <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it was just like oh. he's been on painkillers i've been on painkillers which um, brings us to the next scene where they're doing their cookout Mm -hmm. with the dad and you know it's whatever with the father and son but leonard spinelli's there yes leonard is there and he's saying i always thought that i would like have this moment with my sons or something along those lines yeah if he um, had a family if he had a family and he's like unless like my wife hated me and then poisoned my kids against me and blah 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 blah, blah and i'm sending my paycheck every week to support them and all these things are terrible is this really what his life is is that real i it could be. I don't know. I don't. We need to figure out what Leonard Spinelli's deal is. Maybe, maybe he's just got really bad self-esteem, mm -hmm. and in his mind, every time he imagines his life going well and being good, just he tanks. can't help but think. But then this will happen. Because uh -huh. in my mind, as he said it, it's just like this is so specific. It's true. Is this what? Is this his reality? I don't know. Why would he lie if it wasn't? I don't know what he stands to gain, but... Literally, I think he probably, like, kind of stays up at night. And he's like, 
wouldn't it be great if I had a family and we had two sons just like Mr. Matthews? But then my wife started hating me and poisoned my son against me. Like he just can't he just can't help it. That's where his brain goes. Uh-huh. Poor guy. Poor guy, but I love him. I, I need more. Well. I need more Lenny. Yeah, and this Eric and Corey decide that, you know, this hasn't been good enough. Mm-hmm. I gotta say they're connecting doing the Pledge of Allegiance to spending time with your dad is the most tenuous relationship between any points made in this show yes that is like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever yeah they try to tie the two together and but that was my note too is how do these morals connect like i mean i kind of get it that you should have allegiance to your father Uh, spending time with your dad it has that same level of tedium as saying the pledge of allegiance every morning (laughs) don't you just love him I just love my dad just as much as I love saying the Pledge of Allegiance every day. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I don't really get it. Corey makes actually still a really bad argument mm-hmm. that there's a lot of things we could really go on about there. And then Mr. Feeney tries to make it about himself. Or it's like showing appreciation for like a, your government or a person or, like, or a teacher. Mr. Feeney, this is so not about you right now. So not Get out of here you. with that. And then Corey comes back, or a teacher at the end. Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. Feeney wasn't even... They like haven't even interacted with each other for these two episodes, which I gotta say has been kind of nice. Really? I think so. Yeah, I guess it's Mr. Feeney hasn't made himself look worse until this moment. But tell me, a Leonard Spinelli Feeney scene wouldn't have been your jam. Oh, but Minkus was there too. (laughs) And Morgan... (laughs) Morgan, Um, Minkus, Leonard, Mr. Feeney, go. uh, Do a skit. Something. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's just a really weird... I don't know. It's a really weird wrap-up. For the moral, but then the boys still aren't okay with it. So they come down in the middle of the night to talk to their dad as he's locking up. Mm -hmm. And before we talk about anything that actually happens, why is Corey wearing an open button up shirt? In his boxer shorts. Yes. It's like going to bed and it's just, you know, it's like when Mr. Rogers comes home and he takes off his outside cardigan and puts on his inside cardigan. (laughs) Corey's come home. He's ready for bed. He takes off his daytime layers, puts on his nighttime layers. Eric looks like someone who is ready for bed. And Corey looks like someone who is ready for bed and then put on an open button-up shirt. (laughs) I'm not okay with it. But, yeah. Oh, we also learned in the scene right before this, just real quick. The shortness of this class is not an accident. They do it twice in a row. (laughs) We're just catching them at weird times. We must be. But, yeah, so they come down. They're like, Dad, we're sorry. Let's have a father-son softball game. And then they do. And they win. And they win. Oh, by a lot. Yeah, I don't remember what they said. I didn't really care. The yeah. Po- the point is they won. It's kind of like, none of this feels earned? Yeah. Good? It doesn't feel good. No. I, I I don't know. I feel like they defeated the symptom of their greed without actually addressing the cause. Uh-huh. Like the root, the root selfishness, maybe. I don't know. The episode was whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you title this one? Um, Boys Meet Leonard Spinelli Part 2. Is that what we called the first one? Uh, it was one of the subtitles of the first one. Boys meet Leonard Spinelli. Boys meet Leonard Spinelli. Boys meet Leonard Spinelli. Oh, yes. Or Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. Um, that was like a subtitle of that episode. Oh, yes, because we hadn't... We didn't name them yet at this point. No, we named them Later. retroactively. Yes. And I didn't write those down. So, Boys Meet Leonard Spinelli again. 
Yes, boys meet letters. Meet I wrote down boy meets tradition. Um, but again, as we've already said, that's just kind of it's what they were going for. But it's a weak, it's a weak connection. Yeah. Best. Um, I don't know. Yeah, when I when I think about my rewatch of or not rewatch, but when I think about Boy Meets World in other times, um, the only thing that comes to mind in this episode, and I don't even associate it with the rest of the episode, is Morgan at the very beginning. Like. <laughs> Completely not even in the rest of the episode. Yep, she's just at the very beginning. I'm feeling I've very perky. Six o'clock. How come? How come? How come? How come? How come? Coma? Coma? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give this episode a six. Um, I, I, well, I guess we didn't do a title. Um, but Boy Meets Tradition, I like. Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli, again, I like. Um, Boy Meets... I don't know. I feel like... Because I don't think we actually went with Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli on the first one. Uh-huh. So calling this one Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli is extra funny. Because we've already it. met him before. <laughs> I love it. This one is now officially Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. And yes. that one, I believe, is Boy Meets Dad or Boy Meets Money. Boy no, meets... no, that was the Blue Angels one. Uh-huh. That was the, the nighttime game that he keeps him up for. Uh-huh. So what did we call that one? Boy call... Meets... Well, I've... We needed to write that down. I've got, I, I've got it. Let me go back. Oh, it, we, we did. We named it Boy Meets Dad. Boy Meets Dad, so we would call it Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. I like it. Uh-huh. Because we called the one before that work, Boy Meets Work and Play. Uh-huh. So, yes. Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli. I gave it a six and a half. I gave it a six. I think if Leonard wasn't in it, it'd be lower. Yeah, I agree. The Morgan and Leonard save it. And I, again, these are not bad episodes. Mm-hmm. But when you compare them to Grandma Was a Rolling Stone, when you compare them to, oh, by the way, for the drinking game, Carrie Russell, when you compare it to Corey's Alternative Friends, when you compare it to Killer B, there's nothing really heartfelt in here. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really very funny in here. They're still enjoyable to watch. I still don't recommend you skip them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a skippable episode no. in the show. Um, it'll be actually a while before we get to my remembered least favorite episode. But um, Same. We actually have the same one. So. Yeah. Yeah, get I mean, the hate ready. If you think forward in Boy Meets World, you probably know which episode we're thinking we're both thinking of. But anyway, um, we'll get there in a very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I'm not against these episodes. I want that to be clear. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm being fairly dismissive. But even last week, like even though the episodes aren't the best episodes, like they're impactful. They mm-hmm. talk about the future. They talk about. You know, yeah, they set up a lot of groundwork for things later. Yeah, and they're dealing with some pretty heavy topics. Here, we're really not. Yeah, I mean, we could have really dug into, you know, kind of how patriotism and tradition lead us to thoughtless action. Or um, we could have dug into social protest. I mean, we could have dug into some of that stuff, kind of like we did with prejudice. But, uh-huh. but I don't feel like this episode comes to a as clear of an answer as that episode did right like the talking about Anne Frank and saying like if someone says a mean thing to someone one person doesn't just jump up we all have to jump up it had something to say yeah that was good maybe not complete and like we've got everything figured out but just like here's something to take away from this but this is still just saying like it's dumb to do something when you don't know why you do it which is true but it's like that's not the whole point of all of this yeah like hanging out with your dad and doing the Pledge of Allegiance those are two completely separate things yeah and they don't there's not a connection there so stop trying to make there be a connection yeah what what the conflict with the dad really is is how do we get over our guilt without becoming better people mm-hmm. like because there's no real change in the boys they learn that they still like to play softball which they always have so i don't so know. i don't know what the problem was to begin with yeah 
So, I mean, as we said, we don't have any Just learning to appreciate history. the things that their dad enjoys. Yeah. Maybe. But I don't it, know. But it's still, like I said, it's about the symptom of guilt without rooting out the cause of what their guilt Maybe comes what really got them, what really made them realize that what they were doing wasn't enough, was Leonard Spinelli's drug-induced speech about <laughs> how his family all hates him in this dream world that he has. <laughs> Uh, Leonard Spinelli. Spinelli. We don't know. MVP. MVP of my heart. MVP of this episode. Which, you know, whoever makes the uh, Boy Meets World Fever wiki, which will never exist, but you know, when they're going through who the characters are, it's like, oh, Minkus, I know who that is. Oh, Morgan, that makes sense. Oh, Eric, cool. Oh, Sean, great. Leonard Spinelli? I don't even remember who that is. <laughs> Willie Garson. Is that come, the come on the show. Yeah. Uh, That's we, our number one get. Number one get, Willie Garson. Oh, I want more than anybody else. Woohoo! We will never mention Leonard Spinelli again. I don't he, think. No, but he. We will talk about Willie Garson a few more times. He's on this in show. it at least two more times. Yes, as and two different characters in two different series. Yes, I was about to say we will be talking about the actor who plays Leonard Spinelli up through Girl, Girl Meets, Meets World. World. So we're excited about that. He has not gone from our hearts. Leonard might show up one more time. I don't, I don't remember. Think so, but now I'm going to imagine that all of these times that Willie Garson appears, he is still Leonard Spinelli. I, I I think we have to. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but get ready for some real real deep cuts. Oh yeah, we'll be coming back to Leonard Spinelli. Um, timeline. Um, I've got three things. Okay. I've got that Sean's dad lost his job in December of 1993. Mm-hmm. I have got uh, Topanga's father owns a bookstore, the Rainbow Unicorn Bookstore, if we're going to be specific. Unicorn Rainbow Bookstore. Unicorn Rainbow. Get it right. Thank you. And I think we have to assume that it is now 1994. Yes, because Christmas has come. Weird time to play a softball game in January. Yeah, you're not wrong. Now, these episodes were probably aired out of order, but... The way it aired, that's canon. Mm-hmm, that's canon, baby. So it's just an unseasonably warm... That's why they're so surprised. Oh, it's that time again? <laughs> <laughs> We gotta do it while it's warm. But yes, so uh, that's all I've got. You got mm-hmm. anything else? I don't think so. We got our scores, gave them our titles, talked about them all. Just a fun, fun time. I'm really glad we're doing this. Yeah, I'm glad. I think I feel a lot better about this week's episode. One, I haven't been working for 10 hours straight like I was like last Monday. I, we recorded the last one. And uh, two, it's just good to be in the same room. Yeah. It's good to, to bounce that energy back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so again, we apologize for the lateness of last week's episode. Um, you know, quarantine's got everyone down. Um, we're going to try real hard to not skip weeks, but we also aren't professional podcasters. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be honest with yeah. you. The main reason we didn't get it out on time is I had a lot of stuff for grad school. Yeah, I'm, I'm editing for the first time, and I'm also editing an episode that had some audio problems that I'm trying to fix. And it was pretty heavy, yeah. topic-wise. It was pretty heavy, and I was not in a funny place. Um, I've listened to most of the episode now, going back, and I still think it's going to be a good episode. I still think you guys will enjoy it. I mean... Hopefully you did. Hopefully you did. talking where you would have heard it by now. Yeah, you would have heard it by now. But, that being said, um, I feel much better about this week's episode. So, yes. uh, we don't really have have any uh, announcements or... we don't have any announcements we didn't really get a lot of feedback on our literary haikus so that made me kind of sad so, so if we... you got one yeah send that send it and this and answer tell us about christmas presents uh tell us who your Best. mvps for episodes are and uh-huh. why 
your best, um, I'm blanking, Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, your favorite Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Chance looked so concerned as yeah. I was just blanking right there. He was like, are it, you okay? It was more your face. Is and it the deep emotional pain? It was more your face and arm movements that really concerned me. Um, we're glad to be back. Rudolph! <laughs> Rudolph. <laughs> We're glad to be back. We're glad to be back in the same room. Um, and yeah, just get in touch with us. Tell us who your MVPs were, what you would name episodes, really anything, and we will read them on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. People are still listening to the show, even though we missed a week. We're getting real close to a thousand listens, which is crazy. We actually had a goal when we hit a thousand to get a second mic, but we've already done that. Uh, we're just heads are spinning. My head's spinning right now. Head spinning. So, oh, we did have someone tweet about their um, MVP on Grandma Was a Rolling Stone. Oh, please. Uh-huh. This was from Charlie Rankin. Oh, I'm friend of the it. show. Friend of the show um, and friend of our lives. Because so we, we went said, to college with him. We had some disagreement on that episode MVP where I said it was Eric because of the, oh, didn't see you there. And then you said it was Brooke Shields. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Brooke Shields. She comes later, doesn't she? No, it's Kathy Ireland. I, <laughs> Carrie Russell. I don't know where Brooke Shields came from. Carrie Russell. I truthfully it was Eric. I want that to be clear. I was on board with Eric. No, no. You were over here swooning. I was. Over Brooke Shields, Carrie Russell. <laughs> Brooke Shields. Whoever. Dude, she's the American. She will kill you. <laughs> You'd like to see her try. No, I, those are two people I care very much about fighting. <laughs> But But, what did Charlie say? He said, I hate to disagree with my great friends, but Morgan's Pavlovian response to this is my of my this is my brother Eric. He's very shy alone is why she is the MVP of Grandma Was a Rolling Stone. But you see, I still would argue, no offense, Charlie, I would still argue that that response was trained by Eric. Mm, The mastermind. Yeah, he masterminded this whole thing. She goes off on her own. I agree. Yeah. And she's a delight. But everything she does is in relation to Eric in that uh-huh. episode. So we're not saying you're wrong, Charlie. But. But we're right. But we're right. <laughs> no, but see, easy as that. Yeah. Send us your send us your tweets. Send us your emails. Uh, at BG World Fever on Twitter. And. BG World Fever at gmail.com. Yep. And we will uh, pick some responses out and read them on the show. Right now we're doing 100% because we're not getting that many. Yeah, it's really easy when there's like two to just do both of them. Yep. But this has been BG World... Not BG... I mean, BG World Fever in branding. Yes, I have lost all thought. It's been a while. But you've been listening to Boy Meets World Fever brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Savers. Unless somebody real decides to sponsor us. No, we really will sell out for money. I mean, just sell out. There is no mistake. Make no mistake. But until that time, or next time we talk to you guys. So long, world. (laughs) 